Stephen, it's Christmas again. We are back in time. <laughs> well, I mean, really back in time. This originally aired on December 10th, 2009. But we are talking about the Christmas episode, episode 13, Secret Santa. We just did kind of a special for our listeners in conjunction with my other show, Top 4, where we talked about all the Christmas episodes. But this time we're taking a deep dive into Secret Santa. We are. And just right off the top, can I say there's some, some problematic things in this episode. Oh, is there? This is one of those episodes that may not fly in 2021. Yeah, this episode highlights a few more of those than normal. But I feel like we're kind of back to a lot of the cringiness of The Office that has happened. I mean, we saw a lot more of this kind of stuff happening in season one, two, and three. And being here in season six, um, it feels a little surprising to have more of it surface again. But I don't know. I think this episode's really funny. It is funny. Yeah, it is. Should we start with the the excellent party planning committee? Oh, absolutely. Our room temp open that we have right. of the <laughs> the unveiling of the naked fake tree. Yes. So Jim and Dwight are still the party planning committee. Remember they had Kelly's party. Uh, it is your birthday, period. <laughs> There's always a theme, Jim. There has to be a theme. Mm-hmm. But now it's uh, it's Christmas time. And, you know, every Christmas episode, there's always a tree kind of there back in the corner near Andy and Stanley. Almost a Stanley. It's in the Stanley corner. <laughs> He's more of a Sitley, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they have it all covered up and they're going to do this big unveiling. Oscar makes a joke like, hey, it's like Rockefeller Center. And of course, Ryan has to mouth off that he lived in New York. So this is nothing like Rockefeller Center. Uh, I've actually been to Rock Center and this is nothing like that. This is all we have. Ugh. Nope. It's not ugh. It is office camaraderie. It is warm feelings. Why don't we talk more about it instead of doing it? Just what a doofus. (laughs) He's so that guy. He's always that guy. So they unveil it, they pull the sheet or whatever it is off the tree. It's not decorated because it'd be more fun if we do it together, which is such a dad, kind of say this, like, it's such a dad move. It's like, oh, I didn't decorate because I thought we could all do it together when everyone's home because he didn't want to do it himself. Right? That's what this is. This is laziness. (laughs) And then I love, in in this season in particular, when Jim has this co-manager position, I love when Pam kind of takes him down a notch. Is is it fake? Pam? Yeah. Yes. We are unveiling an artificial tree that will never die. Yes. Like the spirit of Christmas. We're supposed to applaud you for taking a giant dab off a fake tree. I love Pam, like, just poking him a little bit. Yeah, because as we know, Jim's management style is a lot more like minimal business. <laughs> and that's exactly what they're doing here with the fake tree. I mean, who really brings a real tree into their office? It's so messy and it's tricky to get and there's a whole bunch of problems with it. But I mean, this this group of people, they're a family. They want a real tree. And I love that Pam's calling them out on this. Yeah, it's great. And then we have a great line. This is one of those lines that gets repeated in our house. This was a successful unveiling. And sometimes we use that if something kind of just falls flat. So, you know, like, (laughs) this was a successful dishwasher unloading or whatever it is. 
It's a great line. <laughs> it is. It is. And Dwight's diabolical plot is on hold for Christmas. Yes. So that's nice to know. Yeah. So he, you know, the days are short. Maybe he's depressed. He doesn't know. In the meat of this episode, I, I don't really like that phrase. Why do? Why do? I, why did I even say it? But anyway, in the main part of this episode, Aaron is getting the twelve days of Christmas. Yes. Uh, delivered from her secret Santa, which turns out to be Andy, but she does not know. She makes an announcement in the front of the group with a cut across her eye and onto her cheek. And she is begging whoever it is to stop sending her, as Andy says, basically 30 birds. (laughs) Yeah, which I never thought about. So I looked up the 12 days of Christmas. It's just a lot of birds. There's not a lot of variation. No, no, they go they go heavy on the birds for the 12 days of Christmas. And so that's exactly what's happening to Aaron. We see a little cutscene of Andy trying to put some bow ties on some geese or I think that's a geese. That's a goose, right? <laughs> it is I don't know. it is a geese. <laughs> anyway, he's trying to put a bow tie on it and, and corral them. Do you corral geese? Herd I'm geese? I'm not a farmer, I don't know. <laughs> you are the farmer. You live on a farm in Tennessee. It's so true. Just denying it. You're you're a farm denier. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so as we know, you heard geese, and so he's herding the geese into her car, which uh, it's pretty funny. And something else in this episode, Phyllis is Santa this year, which is a big change from Michael usually being Santa. But this causes a ton of controversy throughout the rest of the episode. It does. She has been really wanting to do this for a long time. In fact, she says that she asked Jim, I think she says 11 weeks ago. So it's been it's been a long time. And she's super excited about it. And when she comes in, everyone's excited for her. They're like, yeah, you finally got to do it. Like, it's been a dream of hers. And Jim granted the dream. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, boys and girls! It's me, Santa Claus! Hey, Santa! They finally let you do it. Congrats, Phil. It's so edgy. I have been wanting to be Santa for years. I believe I have the right temperament and the figure to do the job well. And everyone is super into it. Everyone in the office, except for Michael. That's right, because he's got to be the center of attention. He's always Santa. It's a tradition. And he is really unhappy that Jim has changed this without without talking to him, right? And Michael's really, really put out by it. I do want to mention before we move forward with with michael's problems we have a little bit of a creed corner yes where creed asks santa phyllis uh what he gets if he's been really bad what if you've been bad oh they're nothing but a lump of coal for you what if you've been really really bad more evil than, than strictly wrong hey creed we covered it lump of coal what do you think creed could have done <laughs> who who even knows uh, it's impossible to tell and jim's like okay we get the point you know move on I do just for a little bit of background in my, you know, we both take notes independently about the episodes. I've started highlighting my Creed corner in orange. So when I see orange in my notes, I know it's Creed. Oh, nice. And why orange? Seems like the color Creed would use. You should get a plaid highlighter, really. (laughs) Well, it's a text editor, so I'm only limited to (laughs) a few colors. We're going to talk to the developer about that. (laughs) Open a radar. So even though we are 
in the office and there's like a party going on and everyone's in the same space. Unlike some previous episodes that we just talked about where there was a clear like in the office plot and out of the office plot. We still have a lot going on here where there are groups of people acting independently. So, um, yeah, we have the Phyllis and we have the Michael controversy going on. We have the secret Santa gifts being exchanged mm-hmm. throughout the office. And then we also have a little uh, budding romance, maybe, with a new warehouse guy and Oscar. I guess there's not really much of a romance because the new warehouse guy doesn't even know who Oscar is. And Oscar's super creepily watching him through the window. Yeah, so there's this the scene where they're in the break room. And and this is one, it's my niggle about this episode. This Christmas party looks awesome. So who did the rest of it? If Jim and Dwight did the tree and they did it poorly, and we think we can all agree they did it poorly, like the rest of it looks fantastic. Anyways, Pam is setting out her dish and she makes this joke of, oh, the recipe's from the box. And Oscar's just like, oh, that's funny. He's not paying attention. He's leering out the window at Matt, the new warehouse guy. I think my water just broke. That's too funny. Oscar and the warehouse guy. Go, Oscar! Go, gay warehouse guy! Pam realizes that Oscar is, like you said, creepily looking out the window at Matt, this new warehouse warehouse guy that's working for Daryl. And for the rest of the episode, we see Pam playing matchmaker. I mean, before, I feel like in a lot of the other seasons... Pam and Jim have such a main focused role, especially in some of the Christmas episodes, right? Like a lot of the Christmas episodes were kind of about their budding romance, them exchanging gifts, like them getting together. This one isn't. Uh, This one, the Pam and Jim, the two of them very much take the backseat. I mean, we don't even really see besides that the gift giving montage at the end. We don't really see them interacting too much uh, and and making a big deal out of Christmas as we have seen in the past mm-hmm. and we will see more of in the future. Yeah, I noticed that too. And my thought was, well, maybe if this was a long episode, we would see more of that. But this episode is so jam-packed that there's just not room for it. Uh, but I do like the other things we we do see. I really like, in particular, the story with Dwight where he's getting all these parts For the past several weeks, my secret Santa has been giving me pieces of a machine that I've been attempting to assemble. And it's like a gear and like this cut out aluminum. He doesn't know what to do with it. At one point, he thinks it's a gun. Excuse me. Whoever has been sending me the parts to this gun, I think you sent me a gear instead of a trigger. How do you know it's a gun? What else does it look like? Not a gun. Well, I don't have all the pieces yet. Well, unless the missing pieces is a gun... You don't have a gun. Not a gun. (laughs) This is like rubber banded together. Uh, And I I like Dwight figuring that out throughout the episode. And I like that he's keeping a list of trying to figure out what it is. And I got to tell you, this gift, every time I watch this episode, I end up... (laughs) In this deep dive internet search that probably lasts a half hour every single time looking for this thing. Because, gosh, I would love to give this as a gift, especially to someone who's very mechanically inclined like my brother. I just want to find this so badly. And nobody makes it. No one has tried to make it. It is not available anywhere. It was definitely just a prop made for this episode. And it just seems really intricate. And very specific to have been made for this purpose. And 
I don't know. It just looks so cool. Don't you want it? Yeah. Don't you? It's, it's like a steampunk uh, nutcracker. And mm-hmm. eventually he gets all the pieces. And then Michael delivers uh, a bag of, I, I don't know what sort of nut it is, but a bag of nuts. Shelled, shelled nuts. Shelled nuts. And mm. then he kind of puts it together. When something is shelled, is it unshelled or does it have a shell? I think it means it's been unshelled. Okay. So then right? non-shelled I, nuts? I don't know. He gets a bag of nuts <laughs> from Michael. And he, Again, a farm question you should answer. Well, if I lived on a farm, maybe I could. And <laughs> it's great because we see Michael enjoy that Dwight is enjoying it. And it's just really sweet. And it's such a great gift. I mean, Michael nailed his gift to Dwight because mm-hmm. he knew Dwight would obsess over it and really enjoy it. And I think I think Michael did a really good job with it. I feel like this Christmas gift-giving episode, the, the whole gift-giving montage at the end, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and say that almost all the gifts seem to have nailed it this year. I mean, we've seen previous episodes, Christmas episodes, where the gifts are just don't fit at all and they tank terribly uh they're unthoughtful they are cheap or they are forgotten about completely this episode seems like it really uh does great on the gifts except for andy who um you know (laughs) basically scars aaron's face with his gift but um otherwise well the ending of his gift is pretty good everyone enjoys the the drum line Mm -hmm. in the parking lot so so yeah overall like great gifts this year it's way better than in season two when Michael ruins everything and people get gifts meant for other people, right? That's the whole impetus of that episode. Yeah, this one is is nicer. I love that, I love that Jim gives Kelly a Twilight poster and she's like, Jim, Jim, like it's it's so it's so great. I also like that it's a multi part gift giving event where it's almost like they set up the gifts to be distributed either throughout the day or throughout the week or however it was uh it was orchestrated it's it's actually very cool i like the idea of like that kind of a secret santa gift where you don't just get like the one thing you get essentially little parts of something uh and i think that that's the way everyone treated it and it's it looks very cool like you said this party looks good yeah uh until michael ruins it with jesus well probably a better way to say that (laughs) Yeah, so... Is there? Is there? <laughs> no, he ruins it with Jesus. <laughs> so Jim's like, no, Phyllis is Santa. You, This is how this is going to be. Um, he does come out as Santa at first, and he tries to compete with Phyllis. Here's Santa! Michael, we already have a Santa, Phyllis. What the hell is going on? He... He has this line of like, you know, you can go to her or you can come visit me. Uh, sit, de- You know, I'm a real man. Phyllis is just pretending. Sit down on my lap and there will be no doubt, which is a terrible line. Just terrible. Well, he clarifies it's It's not supposed to be a, a penis reference. But I mean, what? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey it's all of our faults for taking it that way really yeah, yeah sure that's what she said it's, it's christmas <laughs> kevin comes to uh sit down on michael's lap hello little boy what's your name michael it's me kevin phyllis says i'm too big for her lap oh i am so sorry that phyllis hates you and hates your body 
But Santa remembers a reindeer that was just a tiny bit different as well. When can I sit on your lap? Right now. Come on over here, big boy. <laughs> so Kevin sits on Michael's lap. He doesn't know what he wants for Christmas, so he's just stalling and thinking, and like Michael is squirming, and and then finally like pushes him off. I like the lap wars that are going on here. I think that it's uh it's pretty it's pretty funny. <laughs> lap contest, lap off. No, more of a lap on. Mm. Yeah. Shelled lap. Mm. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, there ends up being a competition uh, between who's need to sit on. And Michael just ends up getting fed up because nobody in the office is into this competition. They all want Phyllis to be Santa. As we said before, everyone supports it. And Michael is being a terrible terrible sport about this and he goes into his office he has a confessional where he is complaining about how dare phyllis take this from him and that's when he ends up turning his santa costume inside out uh, grabbing a rope from a christmas decoration and pulling his beard down and going out and announcing that he is the true spirit of christmas which is jesus behold Jesus Christ, and I bring to you glad Christmas tidings. I want to remind everyone the true meaning of Christmas. Those of you who wish to join me, that's great. I am excited by that. And those of you who don't, I forgive you. But I never forget. Wow, Michael, like this must be obvious how wrong this is. Everyone is stunned. Toby tries to stop it, uh, citing how absolutely inappropriate it is. And, of course, like everything Toby suggests, Michael just does not listen. Oh, the Antichrist. Okay, you can't... Ow, you cannot push religion. Oh, but I can push office. drugs in here. Is that what no. you're saying? No, well, you have to pick one or the other. Your choice. Pick your poison. Get back to me. In the meantime, I am going to spread my goodness all over this company. It doesn't go over well, and Michael then proceeds to heckle the gift-giving session that Phyllis is orchestrating uh, as the gifts are going out for, like, a, one of the secret Santa parts. And he is so mean and cruel during this, like... The Michael we see in this is very much a Michael of the past. And I don't know, these last few episodes, it's getting more and more painful the way he's reacting to things. Yeah, it is like a regression in his character. That that definitely jumps out in the previous episode that should not be named, but in this one too. <laughs> just, to, just to give a little example of this, Stanley is given candles and Michael comments that uh, you know, well, Stanley, cheating on your wife is a sin. So the candles you got, it's, it's good as a preview of all the fire you're going to have in the afterlife. It's like, geez, man, like, just take it easy. And then he even goes as far as to reveal the secret Santa that we saw earlier. He ends up telling Aaron that it's Andy. And and earlier we saw a little glimpse. Um, they had this little scene where Andy goes into Phyllis and begs her not to tell Aaron that it was him giving the 12 days of Christmas because of the poor reception of that gift. <laughs> right. So, and then Michael totally, he didn't hear that conversation, but still revealing a secret Santa. That's so uncool. He basically ruins the whole party. Like everyone is really down mm -hmm. after this, including Michael. He kind of storms back into his office. 
He does. And, you know, he does the thing that he often does in this season when he's unhappy that he is co-manager is he takes his small problem to David Wallace. He calls David. He plays this guessing game with David. Yes, Michael, what is so urgent? David, guess who I am sitting here dressed as? I'm not going to guess. You could tell me or I will hang up. I will give you a hint. His last name is Christ. He has the power of flight. He can heal leopards. Michael. I am Jesus, David. And you know why? Because Phyllis, a woman, has usurped my role as Santa. Michael. What? This is a very, very bad time. He has some really good Michaelisms in this guessing game. Mm -hmm. He has the power of flight, and he can heal leopards. Close. I mean, maybe Jesus can heal leopards. I mean, probably, but that's, that's not what was not what he was looking for. <laughs> uh, and he's also upset about being usurped. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> got a that's kind of a gross word. Michael revealing all of this and complaining to David Wallace. David Wallace is just exasperated by Michael's pettiness, and he reveals to him that. He has a lot bigger problems on his plate. He can't deal with Michael's Christmas party antics and problems because the company is having a bigger problem right now. And David Wallace is fearful of his own job. And he reveals this to Michael. I don't know why. Why? I mean, that's why the evergreen Wallace? question with David Wallace. Because he reveals that this that branch is going to close and then... He, Michael and Holly share it on stage at the par- at the picnic. He, in the investor uh, meeting episode, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to go bankrupt. And Michael just blurts it out on stage. Uh, and now this. And, of course, Michael doesn't really understand what it means and assumes that it's going to be the worst case that everyone is going to lose their jobs, which is not what David said, but it's how Michael heard it. I think he also assumed he looped himself into the idea of him being a higher-up manager who might lose his job. And he often projects or over-projects this idea of if he's losing his job, then the whole company's going under, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he catastrophizes so many of these events, and he takes off his Jesus costume um and he puts back on his michael costume and says that the office now needs a michael earlier today this office needed a santa and then it needed a second santa and then it needed a jesus and now it needs a michael and that's one suit phyllis cannot fit into he goes back out into the workspace and he does he apologize i don't think he really apologizes yet but yeah it's kind of um hey you know jesus ruined the party angela says that's very offensive of course but yeah he blames it on these like alter ego personas and characters Mm -hmm. yeah he's like hey you know let me get pizza for everybody there's this great little scene where he hands Dwight his debit card and, you know, what is your pin? And apparently it's YMCA, which I guess is the letters on the numbers on those letters on a phone. Right. It's fun to stay at the and like Dwight <laughs> makes him do it. But then Dwight smirks at the camera as if he knew what Michael was talking about. But he wanted Michael to do it anyways, which I thought was funny. <laughs> 
And I guess while Dwight is running out for the pizza, he pulls everyone into the conference room. And this is where he reveals that the company is is going under. We're going out of business. What? You what? are kidding me. Oh wait, wait, wait. God. Who said that? David told me on the phone. David told when? me. When? When did he tell you? Today? Earlier today, oh. he said, we have been sold. Oh, what? Why? Jeez. Come on. He, he tells everybody. Like, he tells everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's not even what David Wallace said. David Wallace said, we have a buyer. Not that the company is going to go out of business. And that's what Jim points out very quickly. Everybody's freaking out, of course. Dwight, like, kicks over the Christmas tree out in the office. This party is just going. It's this beautiful party. Dwight kicks the Christmas tree. Uh, Santa Michael dips his hat in the punch bowl. Like, oh, it's so sad. It's getting all ruined. And Michael's like, well, look, we'll just call David Wallace back. And then we see Michael's way of doing this. He told me where his kids go to school. I call the school. I tell him I'm a pediatrician. They pass me through to his secretary. I use my little girl voice. Bada bing, bada boom. Which is pretty terrible. I mean, it's not the first time he's gotten a hold of David Wallace. Mm-mm. Or maybe it's not the last time he's gotten a hold of David Wallace in this way. He, he finds ways to call David no matter what. Hey, sweetie, what is it? It's not sweetie, it's Michael Scott. What the hell? And and this is where David explains what's really going on, that there's going to be a buyer. All of you know us corporate people are going to lose our jobs. But the reason they want to buy the company is all the branches, that the distribution, you guys, that's what's actually working in Dunder Mifflin. And that's what's going to be bought. And I can't, you know, he doesn't have details yet, but that's the... The gist of it, that Scranton and Utica and all these other branches, they should be fine. But anyone you know in New York is going to going to be gone. So the entire office, which is crammed into Michael's office, they erupt with happiness. So congratulations. We're not fired. No, not <laughs> congratulations. And they do the kind of Christmas miracle scene of putting the party back together, uh, people helping each other put that, the Christmas tree back up, and and the karaoke machine is back out, although Michael was using it for heckling earlier when he was Jesus, but uh, now it is back out and actually being used proper by Andy and Dwight singing together. There is the Christmas exchange montage behind the music, and there is a lot of, like, fellowship and Christmas joy. Uh, That's basically how the episode ends with this, um, this celebration of they aren't losing their jobs. And Michael apologizes to Phyllis, which is really great. Uh, I, lo- I love the scene at the very end where Bob comes in, Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. Scott, what in the hell is going on here? No, 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 we worked it out. Bob? It, Phyllis? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. It was earlier today. Okay. And <laughs> then Bob, who is also dressed as Santa, starts making out with Phyllis. Oh, God. Get a room, Santas. It's so great. And I love Michael's line here where he just says, get a room, Santas. Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) (laughs) 
And as they all festively leave the party, they are met with the drum line, the 12 drummers drumming from Andy to Aaron. And I think that it's a it's a really nice way to end a Christmas party. It's very festive. It's very Christmas miracle feeling like, a you know, Lifetime TV movie kind of Christmas vibe. And I think that this is different than a lot of the other Christmas episodes on the office because in this one they use a pretty big part i mean not giant but they use a part of this episode to move the story along it's not just like a little section of christmas episode where something went wrong or something went well or however it was before this actually has some major plot points in it that move forward the whole corporate story yeah it does and that surprised me the first time i saw this episode like wow I, I can't i can't believe they would like drop this in the christmas episode but you know sometimes that's how the world works right and in fact very often these things kind of happen towards the end of the year so i could see i could see that being um being like a, a reality check for this show it also makes the christmas part sweeter in a way i think that they're all enjoying each other and enjoying this time even though there's all this uncertainty well before we hear from David Wallace, uh, I think it's a yeah. I, just, I think it's an, a, a a nice contrast, maybe, to what's actually to what's going on in their company, and now they can enjoy this time together. So, yeah, that about wraps it up for the Christmas party. Um, what is this? Secret Santa. Yep, Secret Santa. And we will be back next week talking about The Banker. Based on that name, I don't even remember what that episode is about. Um, Oh, isn't it a clip show? Is it? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think it is. <laughs> oh, no. This might be a short one next week, but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week talking about The Banker. And until then, you can go follow us over at Tall underscore Beats, or you can find us over at The Incomparable. And you can find us individually at Tiff Arment or at ISMH. That's right. Yes. I'm getting better every week. <laughs> and you can also join to be an incomparable member and chat with us in our members only Slack, The Conference Room. So, all right, I'm glad um I'm glad we finished our little Christmas here and now we can move on into the new year. Sounds good to me. See you next year. Oh wait. No, it is next year. This has been a successful recording. Oh my god. 12 drummers drumming. <laughs> <laughs>